Okay, welcome. I don't know why I did that voice. Welcome to Fruiting Body Podcast with your host, Brendan. Today, we have an absolute legend of a guest. It is Walter Veal. Um, now, Walter, he wears many hats, so we're not quite sure how to describe exactly what he does, but um, we're going to focus today mostly on one of those hats, which is training professional fighters, training bodybuilders, and this podcast, I'm going to be asking personal questions, um, a lot about on steroid use and, and how that can be um, adopted healthy into your, your, your lifestyle, uh, things such as TRT, uh, I want to ask some questions about clenbuterol and whatnot. So we'll get all that information. I've personally, I don't give a shit. I've done four cycles of testosterone. I'm pretty open about that. And I, th I think I have enough knowledge to be able to have that conversation. So uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, hit the bell, do all that fun stuff. Leave comments, share, do whatever you want. Uh, help us out. Sure, why not? Okay, without further ado, we're going to get this podcast started. So thank you, Walter, for yeah, joining us. Thanks for up. having me. Pardon? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks a lot for coming. It's raining out. So did you come on the motorbike? Or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the rain's... Like here. Where, where, where are you? Patong? Patong, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. That can be a bit of a headache, especially when you come over that, like, Camilla Hill and whatnot. It's, it's so beautiful, though. Like, yeah. it looks amazing. Yeah, it's just when it rains there, the, the problem is those trucks are just... They're not regular. They already start off as bad drivers, and yeah. then like one drop of water comes down, and they go from bad drivers to the worst imaginable drivers. Like the lanes no longer matter. Uh, there's no concern for their own safety or yours. I don't understand. Like, wh why? I think they're all just trying to get home. They yeah. see rain, and they're like, "Get yeah. me the." F they're gonna melt, you know. Like yeah, it's. Uh, I guess it's been raining the past two days now. It's kind of been dumping down. But everyone's been like, ah, it's been a shit rainy season. I'm like, I actually, I don't think it's been that bad. It hasn't been bad at all. It like dumps down if you notice at like four in the morning. Yeah. And then you wake up. So it's not hot. Yeah. And it's perfect. great. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, we're just going to talk about the weather in Phuket yeah, for about yeah, two yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's, we'll get this started um, as the Fruiting Body Podcast, the way that we do this. It's more about the guest and the journey without that hippy dippy bullshit. <laughs> Just the, you know, the, the story of what the fuck brought you to Phuket? What are you doing here and what's next for you? So if you don't mind, just tell us your story and how did you even get here? Where are you from? What, you know, where did you grow up? Yeah, we'll have to go like way back because I grew up in Kansas City, which is a horrible place. Like, I don't know why. Don't visit. Well, you got the tat, you yeah, got yeah, the yeah. chiefs. It's more of a, a sign of uh, I survived than mm. like uh, endearment. Like, I, I don't love the place, but like I, I went through it and it was good for me. But it's a horrible place. Like, you know, I used to always tell people, like, uh, you know, when we were kids in Kansas City, the only thing to do is, like, get in fights and chase girls. But all the One girls sec, let's, let's move the mic up a bit, right? Yeah. I can hear, though, as I adjust you, it's just so I can hear it because he can't hear it. Uh, and then tilt it more towards your face because you'll be talking to me like that. Yeah. That looks good. And then, okay, go. I'll just, I'll adjust if we have to. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so, like, That's in good. Kansas City, uh, there's nothing to do but get in fights and chase girls. And all the girls are ugly, so we just get in fights. <laughs> that's it you know in kansas city it's not even in kansas is no, that it's in missouri right that's yeah, yeah people get yeah, so confused I, have to I, I just skip explaining that part most of the time well didn't trump say that like when they won the, the i, 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 I saw yeah. something about that but i hear it all the time yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's kansas okay see you later yeah so why <laughs> they they're just, they're just confusing the fuck out of everybody yeah, yeah. yeah there's nothing there either way both sides so all good but um yeah i grew up there and all i wanted to do was get out and I started fighting when I was, like, 18. I was pretty good at wrestling. I was pretty good at jiu-jitsu. 
and my grandfather was a professional boxer, so grew up boxing, so it was easy. Uh, and I made many career mistakes in that, like, I moved around, which is, like, the worst thing you can do as a fighter. Like, just find one place and stick with it and, like, work your way up. As in, like, moving gym to gym to yeah, gym. Yeah, to no, yeah, yeah. And, like, I moved towns, too. Like, I, you know, I lived in Minnesota for a while. I lived in L.A. for a while. I went and trained at Bass Rutan's gym. I remember, like, I was, like, 18 or 19, and I was looking for Kimbo. I was like, where's Kimbo? I think I can kick his ass. Kimbo Slice. Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I, this is going to be hilarious. Like, well, the skinny white dude's going to beat up, you know, Kimbo. <laughs> yeah, but I, I never, never find him. And, uh, but I kept bouncing around. And you can't go anywhere. You'll, you'll get nowhere. And nobody, you know, maybe you meet some people. Like I trained with, uh, who's that English guy's? Um, Bisping? Bisping yeah. once. And I trained with Tito. And I trained with um, Tito's buddy, Razor Rob. I uh, went to all those gyms. And then I trained in, the, you know, in Missouri a lot, which is just, like, there's regular dudes off the street who are hard as nails. Like, if you just go, like, to any gym in Missouri, there's going to be a dude who's, like, a D1 level wrestler just automatically. Mm -hmm. So there's always somebody to train with. Um, and that was, you know, I got really good, but nobody knew me. And I, I couldn't really get a career going. And people want, like, if you want to fight, people want you to, like, stick around and promote and stuff. I'm the new kid in town all the time. Were you training for MMA or for yeah, boxing? For MMA. For MMA. Yeah, yeah. From the time I was 18. And after, like, four years, like, I'm broke. <laughs> I haven't really done anything, and uh, I'm really good, so, like, nobody wants to fight me. Nobody knows what to do with me, and I just keep moving around. And so I was like, well, I need to make money. So I was, you know, I was going to school on the side, too, which is probably not how you should do that. You should probably go to school and then fight on the side. But uh, So naturally, like everybody else, I started working in nightclubs, and, uh, you, you know, the obvious move there is to be a bouncer. But most bouncers can't talk, and I can talk a little bit, so they, like, moved me up. And then I realized that most people that work in nightclubs aren't that smart either. <laughs> so I just kept moving myself up, and then I became a manager of a club. I was like, oh, this is going pretty good, uh, but living in Missouri sucks. Let me get out of here. So I went to the Caribbean, and I did like a, I threw a concert there, and it made like $5,000. No, not Firefest. No. <laughs> no, no, no which is, but it was in the same place, Turks and Caicos. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah same place. And so I made like $5,000, and I took that, that – and I moved to Vegas, and I worked for Tao there, which is a big, huge company. And uh, I worked there for a year, <coughs> and it went really well. Like, I did pretty good. Uh, but Vegas is like, if you work on the Strip, like, all you do is work. It's, like, super high pressure all the time. Mm -hmm. And you're just surrounded by miserable people. <laughs> Why would you want to do that? Like, just be depressed all the time? No way. So um, my aunt lived in Singapore, and she's like, hey, you want to come visit? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I just packed all my shit and I moved there. <laughs> How old are you at this point? Uh, 24 or 5. Okay. And, and uh, what year was this? Like 2014. Okay. And uh, I just I just showed up. I'm like, okay, I'm living here now. And she's like, uh, what? <laughs> and I just stayed. But I had, you know, Vegas on my resume. And I had a lot of charisma. And I got a job managing a club there. And next thing I know, I'm suddenly a, a club manager in a foreign country. Cool. Here we are. And then uh, the nightlife culture is different in Asia than America. It never ends. It never ends. Right. You know, so I thought, like, you know, it was unhealthy in America, right? You know, we work seven days a week, but, but you get home at two or three. 
and you don't have to drink. In Asia, if you tell a customer no to a drink, you're like, you know, it's going to be a problem. Especially in Singapore where it's predominantly like Chinese descendants yeah. and yeah. the Chinese, like it's disrespectful yeah. not to drink. Yeah. Like that. I would have guys come and spend like $30,000 on a table, which is already crazy in my mind as a kid coming from Kansas City, like $30,000 is a huge amount of money and they're just like blowing it every night. No big. <coughs> if the, a dude giving me $30,000 asked me to take a drink with him, the answer is I'm taking a drink. There's no way I'm saying no. So in, you're there until six in the morning. For sure, every night. And uh, I was like, oh, man. And by the time I was like 27, 28, I was like, I don't feel so good. This is not so healthy. Yeah, I mean, and it, it just catches up to you. I can't yeah. be drinking seven nights a week. Yeah, so what I did was um, I started training at Evolve, and I had taken yeah. a couple of years off from training. And uh, I went in, and I took everybody down, like, straight away. And the coach was, is a guy named, was a guy named Heath Sims. He's gone back to the States now. And he's a really good guy, and he wrestled on the Olympic team with my same wrestling coach, a guy named Rob Herman. And so I, we just got to chatting about Rob and wrestling, and uh, he's like, why don't you come to wrestling practice? Okay. And I come smelling like vodka, yeah. <laughs> you know, like you know, I'm out of shape and <laughs> take everybody down, no problem. He's like, why don't you uh, stick around, train a bit? Okay. And I trained with him, and uh, it went pretty good, but – I got, like, motivated to get back into fitness because I would, like, go in and train, and I would just feel horrible. Like, were, were you planning to maybe pursue a career in MMA again at that point, or was it just for Not fitness? initially. Like, at first, I was just, like, having fun because I love it. Like, you know, yep. you get me on the mats, I'm going to have a good time. Like, it's fun. You know, you go in and take everybody down, and it feels good. Um, then I was training, like, uh, Angela Lee would be training there, and – uh I can't say all their names. Like, all their names are complicated. Yeah, yeah. And so we'd train with all these guys, and, uh, like, Jake Butler was there, and we'd, we'd spar. And even out of shape, like, I was okay. Didn't do too bad. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, that's kind of cool. So what I did was all the guys that were my customers in the nightclub that spent $30,000 were like, hey, uh, you know, you should do something healthy once in a while. And I'd sell them personal training, and I'd charge them, like, $150 an hour. And suddenly I was making more money personal training people than I was working in the nightclub. So I was like, wait a minute. Why don't I just do this? And then I just start personal training people. Uh, and I started working with a gym there. And it just kind of grew from there. Then I went to Malaysia. Ran a gym there for a year. Malaysia has tons of issues, though. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't really do business there. It's just not reasonable. Unless you're, in, you're rolling in to do <laughs> a multi-million dollar business that's connected to the government. Sure. That's fine. If you just want to, like, run a small gym and away, forget it. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I've been to Malaysia a bunch. It's, it, it's, it's like a watered-down version of Manila. It's still, but it still feels methy stab-stab there. Oh, yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. Like, like uh, there's some, re uh, to be honest, like, I had a great time in Malaysia. And, you know, it's funny because, like, there was one big white dude when I was there, and that was me. And uh, you have a lot of women that are, like, very oppressed yeah. <laughs> and, like, looking for the one big white dude. And so, like, I had way too much fun when I was there, for sure. Yeah, looking to take the, take them to freedom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and there's a, like, there's a weird cultural thing there. And they have, even have weird laws. It's built into the law system. So it's called Bumiputra, right? Mm. And uh, 
the laws are racist against Chinese people. In Malaysia? Yeah. Oh, really? I mean, like, literally racist against Chinese people. They can't have certain positions. They don't get any benefits from the government. But it's, they're the minority. Is it It's implemented by the Malays or the Indians? Well, the, the government is run by the Malays. Okay. Which, okay, fine. Um, but they, it's a weird, like, two-law system. So there's the Islamic law. Yep. And then the regular law. And they're, like, married, which also is, you know... It just My sounds opinion, like a, not a good idea. Sounds like a, a complete nightmare to, it is. to open up anything. It is. It is. It takes six months to get a work permit. Really? Like, this should be like a two week process. Why yeah. does it take six months? But you got to pay here and you got to pay there. Yeah. And listen, everywhere in Asia, there's some bribes to pay. But in Malaysia, you don't know who to pay. You don't know how much. You don't know. You pay somebody and then nothing happens. You're like, what's going on? And uh, after a year of that, I was just like, I've had enough of this. And uh, you know, I had a couple specific experiences. That, like, really, like, I was like, yeah, no, this is not going to work. Um, I had a trainer that was working for me, and we went to lunch one day, right? And we're sitting down, and she goes, I hate gay people. Mm. I'm like, I don't know. Uh, okay, <laughs> why? They're bad for society. I'm like, how? Are they bothering you? No, I just think they're not good. Uh, you know any? No. Okay, so how do you know? I, I just think they're bad. Okay, that's weird. Uh, that's enough of this conversation. Yeah. Can we move on? So that was bad. And then uh, I ordered a belt, like a lifting belt from the States, and they sent it over, and they stopped it in customs. It's a lifting belt. Like, we're not talking about a serious product here, you know. Uh, and they didn't call me. And then they sent it back. Okay, great. And then they, I had the guys in the States send it back again. It got here. And I kept calling them because I wanted it. So I sent one of my guys to pick it up. And Customs is an hour away. Like, it's super far away. Like, why would anyone want to go there? And I sent my guy to go get it. <coughs> and same thing that I was talking about. Like, you have to pay. But it's not like there's a... Yeah, hierarchy. Who the you know, hell? like, yeah. it's not like a straightforward process. And my guy goes and they, uh, he tries to pay to get my belt. And he tries to pay, like, a lot of money, like 150 bucks or whatever, to get a weightlifting belt that's not worth 150 yeah. bucks. Uh, and they're like, oh, our boss isn't here, so you can't pay. And then they threw it away. They destroyed it. I'm like, what? <laughs> eh. And, like, to even get something simple done was, like, a huge hassle. So I was like, nah. And um, I said started dating my missus, uh, and she's Vietnamese, but we just happened to be living in Malaysia, and then neither of us are Malaysian, so, like, what are we doing here? And you, you met, this is Kuala Lumpur, I'm guessing. Uh, I met her originally in Singapore, uh, but when I was living in KL is when we started dating. Yeah. And uh, we were like, well, Vietnam's growing. Let's go over there. So we flew back to Vietnam. Didn't know anybody. Opened a gym. Saigon. In Saigon. Or Ho, Ho Chi Minh, I yeah, guess. Well, yeah, I always The real name is Saigon. Right. That's yeah. why it's so confusing. They're the, it's the same city if people don't know that. If yeah. you say Ho Chi Minh to a local in Saigon, they'll be like, you're in Saigon? Like, what are you talking about? Like, why would you say that? <laughs> they don't even like it. Yeah. Um, and they, they say they're Saigonese, too. So, okay. Go there, open a gym. It's cool. Uh, that government is also extremely difficult. It's a very a lot of paperwork. and It's different in the way that things get done initially, easily. And then when uh, on the back end, they, they'll have, like, people roll in on a van and, like, take pictures in your business. They go, oh, you need a license <coughs> for this. You need to pay for that. Uh, it's, like, just extortion. 
Yeah, I mean, even I, I've been to Vietnam once, and uh, at that time when I went just to get a visa, it's 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 the more maybe the most difficult country in Southeast Asia to get into. I think they don't have it anymore. You oh, it changes every week. Yeah, because like I, I remember it was like an electronic visa to apply for, and yeah. then once you got there, then you had to go into another line, yeah, yeah. and it's like just let me go to my hotel. I, the first time I went took four hours. Yeah, and you're just sitting there like this is it's insane. and they want U.S. dollars. Yeah. Like, they don't even want their what is they it? They don't even want their own money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it went really well though. We made we were making really good money, and then everything happened, and business went bad, and then so this, this, now you're bringing us up to the current situation. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And then lockdowns came, and this is when I was like, okay, we're gonna split. We made a partnership with the big gym there. The week that the lockdown started, mm. and this was ended up being like a. The backbreaker. The week that the lockdown started, we invested everything into working with this other gym. Huge, huge gym. Really nice place. Looks like a great deal. Should be good. We should be able to make a lot of money. It's going to be awesome. And it's both mixed. It's martial arts and weightlifting, so I can do both the things that I do. Lockdown comes. Week goes by. Three weeks go by. Month goes by. It gets worse and worse and worse. And then it starts getting extreme. Uh, you can't go to other districts. Yeah. Then it becomes you can't go outside. Uh, they locked us in our houses and like barbed wire, the house is closed. Oh shit! Uh, and they destroyed the supply chain too. So like you couldn't get food. There was no food. You'd go to the shop, which would be at the bottom of your building or whatever, and it'd be empty. You know, you could just oh maybe there's some noodles. I'll take those. I don't need noodles. Yeah. And, like, how is this the solution to this situation? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, now we can't eat. We're going to be much healthier. Great. Uh, and then it, the real point where I was like, I, I got to get out of here. They sent the military in, and there's, like, tanks rolling down the street and guys with AK-47s. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to shoot COVID. That's going to be, that's going to, yeah. that's how we'll fix it. And so I was like, I had to pay a lot of bribes, like with the little bit of money I had left. To get out. To get out. It took three tries. Yeah. We had to go get a test, and then the rules changed the day of. Oh, now you got to go do this. You can't fly until tomorrow. Okay. So then we go back, do another test, uh, more paperwork. Trying, or now, were you trying to fly to Thailand at that point? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we were looking at either Dubai or Thailand. <clears throat> and we had an offer here and an offer there. And my missus being Asian, she... Wanted to stay in Asia. Yeah, stay close to home. Yeah. And so, and we didn't really know what was going to happen, what the future was. It seemed like a safer bet. And it's obviously a lot cheaper to live here than yeah. Dubai. Stayed uh, home one more night, which is weird because all our stuff's like packed and gone. And then we go back to the airport the next day. In the airport at that time, this is like the craziest place I've ever been. Because there's only five or six people inside. There's like, you know, a couple workers and then a few people trying to leave. And I mean, really trying to leave because you had to get a permit to leave your house. And then with the permit to leave your house, you had to basically pay police to get there. And we lived in District 7, so we had to drive like an hour to get there. Um, so pay, pay, pay. Go in. Something, uh, something else changes. You can't fly today. Okay? And, you know. I'm several thousand dollars into leaving at this point. Okay, we go back. Third try, we go. 
just like praying, like, please let us out of this country. <laughs> like, let us leave, please. And at this point, it had been like four months, I think four months, of just locked inside with minimal food. Uh, I, s- I would sneak out to go train, like a little bit, but not like really. And we would train like anywhere we could. Like there was houses that had some gym equipment set up that like let us sneak in and like do a little bit. Yeah. <coughs> Get back on the third day and uh, they misprinted something on the, the test. Like the date was printed wrong on my birthday. They, you know how Americans put. Yeah, you invert it. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So they did that and I'm like spazzing out. And of course, uh, you know, there's other people there too and they're like crying and freaking out. And there was also a lot of Chinese people there in hazmat suits, like 200 Chinese people in hazmat suits just standing off to the side, which is weird and yeah. uncomfortable. And, uh, you know, at, after being locked in your house for four months, paying all this money trying to escape, like you're a little stressed out, right? <laughs> so I'm like yelling at everybody, like, come on, let us go. Uh, but they helped us out and they got us. We flew to Singapore. And this is where it really got funny. Like, you fly to Singapore, and at the time, everything, they locked you in a part of the building. So you fly in, you go in, and they're like, take your mask off. And you're like, what? <laughs> Isn't the whole point of all this stuff, like, not to, like, no, these cameras need to see your face. Uh, okay. So you t- they make you take your mask off, and then they lock you in part of the building, right? Mm-hmm. This was funny, too, because uh, there's no food. You're like flying and you're traveling all day, so you like want to eat. Uh, <laughs> you go inside and they have vending machines in an airport. You haven't been in Singapore though, right? So the vending machine only takes Singapore dollars, mm. and there's no shops, it's just a vending machine. Where are you going to get Singapore dollars? There's n- there's no exchange places open. You're locked in like a room, so it's just like torture. <laughs> It's like, oh, here's food you can't eat. <laughs> okay, great, awesome. And this is a layover trying to get to yeah, Phuket yeah. or to Bangkok? To Phuket. The, right yeah, to yeah. Phuket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so you're just locked inside with no food, and uh, they take pictures of your face and stuff, and they're in hazmat suits, and you're in a T-shirt, and you're like, oh, okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you can see the images. They've got, like, thermal images. Like, oh, I'm being watched by the predator. Sweet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you jump on the plane. And then we get to Phuket, and it's freedom. It's been it's been great ever since. We just showed up and uh, started did, working. Did you have anything planned on on your on route to Phuket? Like what was lined up exactly? Uh, we were gonna open a small studio, but it wasn't really right. Um, like we mostly do bodybuilding stuff, and the guy that wanted to do it is more of like a older clients health advocacy mm. kind of thing he's vegan and like all i eat is meat so it's like didn't really link up he's a great guy uh it, it just wasn't really quite right but it was fine we got here and hit the ground running and uh linked up with maximum mm-hmm. and they had just bought the business from the previous owners and they aren't in they run a visa service the visa service is great they're really good at that but they don't know anything about gyms mm-hmm. so they met me, and, well, I know everything about Jim, so let's do this. And it just kind of worked out. And then we did some competitions, won them, and 
just grown from there. How did you get into it? Now it's IBFF, correct? IFBB. IFBB. See, I said that wrong five times. <laughs> IFBB. How did you initially get into this like uh, industry? And again, this is comp- the, the largest competition for bodybuilding. Yeah, so IFBB is the biggest uh, federation for bodybuilding. And it's, I would say it's mostly North American-based. Uh, you know, when you think of like Arnold, he was Mr. Olympia. Well, Mr. Olympia is IFBB. Um, how did I get into it? Like, I was just a kid that liked, you know, I wanted to look like Conan. I didn't mm-hmm. really, I wasn't that into bodybuilding, per se, when I was younger, especially because I'm tall. So I thought there was, like, no room for me in it. But I was always, like, a big, strong dude. And then I was coaching people, and I was mostly coaching fighters. Now, now when when were you coaching? At? Is this still, like, in the In the Singapore, States? really. Oh, in Singapore. Was mostly. Is that, that's when it really started. Were you competing it, it, as well or no? Yeah, I was competing in, like, grappling tournaments and things. But not for the uh, IFBB? No, I wasn't doing any bodybuilding okay. at all. But I was a, like, if you saw me in a, a picture with the, the one guys, I was always kind of like the big buff guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I coached some girls, actually to do like bikini competitions and they yeah. won and, and to be honest like my knowledge about bodybuilding then was not not nearly what it is now but like you go on a one path and it just keeps you just keep end up going that way and you learn more and you get better at it okay well i'm making money do this i might as well you know be good at it so mm. you just keep going and going and going and your wife was doing it as well and she yeah. was in competition yeah yeah, yeah. was she doing has she always been doing that or uh, she was actually doing it when I met her, but okay. like on a smaller scale. And now she's pretty much like the top in Asia, mm-hmm. so that's gone pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I saw I saw some pictures on your Instagram. I was yeah. going through, and actually, I've, I think I've seen you both. At, I I used to train at the Tesco gym over there. The, oh yeah, the yeah, class. yeah. We have some clients there. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've been. There. I used to train there, and now I'm just at Bangtan Muay Thai. Yeah, I was yeah. Just trying to do more hit stuff. Yeah. Um. When you're working with your clients in Singapore now, you're just kind of, are you just teaching them like the fundamentals of like lifting weights so they can, you know, put on that, those pounds to be able one to One question always leads to another question. Mm. Like it always, you know, I had one guy that was a boxer in Singapore and he's like, hey, can you do my diet for me? Because I'm trying to fight this guy. It's actually a guy that's here. Like he was fighting this guy, TJ. Um, and it was going to be a big bo- televised boxing match. He's like, can you do my diet for me to help me, you know, get fitter and stuff? Okay, sure. Here's your program. Follow this. Do such and such. I was like, great. I feel really good. You know, what do you think I should be doing for cardio? Okay, you should probably be doing this, this, and this. Great. This is going really well. What should I be doing for strength? Okay, you should probably be doing this, this, and this. It just becomes one thing, becomes the next, becomes the next. You know, Where where did that knowledge come from? Was it kind of bro science, YouTube, or or like... How are you gaining this knowledge to be able to, you know, instruct and consult people at that level? Uh, it's interesting. Like, I went to school for it. I don't use anything I learned in school. Not of it. Mm-hmm. It's a total waste of time. Uh, but I do. Like, I did study it in school, so I have like that. Pedigree. You still have the foundation. Yeah. yeah. The truth is, I don't use any of it though. Like, it's totally the stuff they taught in school. What, what were you good. studying? I studied exercise science. Okay. I, I double majored in media and exercise science, which I hate editing. So media hasn't gone so well. But yeah. I, I, now I use it, you know, every day for like social media. But like, if you ask me to sit down and edit a video on a computer screen, I'll just rather jump off a bridge. Yep. Um, Hans, yeah. Hans. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like in then I studied exercise science, but I just liked it. You know, I like lifting. I like training. 
I like just seeing what's up. You know, I enjoy it. And so I'll read studies and whatever. But so much of it is just like you practice, you try it, you learn a little bit. So, yeah, there's some bro science in there too. But the truth is like when they do studies, right, okay, they're studying average people. Well, who does studies on the world's most elite, elite athletes? Okay, what, you know, Yuri needs to do isn't going to be the same as what you and I need to do. Like, we're not, you, you know, this is our arc of data. Okay, well, these guys are the blips on the radar that are way up here. Like, so they, they don't really fit in the scheme. So, like, studies for a lot of these things are not really perfect. Like, there's good information to get, but you also, it's just like one piece of data. You need to add in many other pieces of data. And what's good for one person not, might not be good for the next person. So experience becomes a huge factor. And then a lot of knowledge is, like, uh, secretive. Like, a lot of coaches don't want to tell you anything. Mm. You know, there's a lot of great coaches in the world, and they keep, oh, this is my secret, which means they're full of shit. But, <coughs> like, you know, people that are good will share everything. They don't care. They'll charge you for their services. Like, mm -hmm. But if you just ask them a question, they'll give you a straightforward answer, you know. If I ask Rich something, you know, Rich Franklin, he'll just tell you straight away, like, oh, uh, you know, do this. And he's just being honest and real. Of what or, worked for him. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to, like, if, uh, oh, you know, you got to buy my book. Okay, well, there's definitely nothing in that thing, so yeah, forget it, you know. It, it's just the more you do, the more you work, people you work with, the more you try this, oh, that's kind of good. Maybe I add this in. Maybe I add that in. And it just keeps going and going and going, mm -hmm. you know. So I've done it with fighters. I've done it with bodybuilders. There's a huge difference between men and women. So I've trained male athletes and female athletes. And you read a little bit. You try a little bit. Yeah, and, and depending on the body type, the sport, what yeah. level they're at. There, I yeah. mean, there's so many variables to take what into consideration. What somebody needs to do to compete in Mr. Olympia, yeah. which is the hardest, is not the same thing that they need to do. Oh, I'm doing my first bodybuilding show. Okay, well, if you do the thing that you need to do for the Mr. Olympia and your, for your first bodybuilding show, all you're going to do is get sick. Mm -hmm. You're going to make yourself sick and hurt yourself. There's no, nothing to gain there. If, um, now, like I said uh, at the beginning of the podcast, I've done four cycles. Uh, most of the stuff that I've done, the first cycle I did uh, Sustin on 250, and my bro science, my buddy told me to take 800 milligrams a week, <laughs> and I, and I r quickly found out that is horrible. Yeah. Um, and then the cycles after they kind of tweaked and got a bit better. But by the end of it, my last cycle, I was doing, um, about two fifty or th I'm going to say two fifty to 300 milligrams of, uh, test, uh, test E. Yeah. Um, and then around week four, I I'm going to say week five, six, I started 400 milligrams a week of Masterone E. Sure. So it's all this slow release stuff, yeah. but actually at the beginning of the cycle, the kickstart. That's not that slow. It's. I was using, at, but at the beginning I was using test P because it kicks in right away. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I as, but at. It's probably uh, Israel Adesanya's. Probably, because the right, what he's doing. when you take the test P, it's going to kick in pretty much a day or two, right? And then, yeah, and it's out. And then it's out. So that's yeah. what I, I did. I actually, uh, I was using a bit of bro science in that sense. Like I took, I was trying to do 300 milligrams of test. Yeah. Uh, within the first, you know, two, three weeks. So actually I started with test P and test D together 
And then I knew just because I want to kickstart it, and then the rest I just let the test eat. Because test eat takes about two, three weeks to kick in, right? Yeah, that's that's normal. It's a little different for everyone. You might feel some effects like right away. Yeah, yeah. I found it's always been yeah about two, three, about two weeks. Yeah, and then I. It's also a mental thing too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I just started cycle. Yeah, I'm ready. Well, and you also had to ha- had to mentally be ready for it. Yeah. Meaning, like, if anyone comes to you and says, "Okay, I want to start a cycle," like, I, again, I'm not. This part of the conversation, I'm not going to ask about like Trembling and yeah. uh, Decca. I'm yeah. not touching any of that shit because yeah. I don't want Decca Dick and yeah. uh, I don't want to be. <laughs> I had a guy ask me about that today. He's like 56. He's like, uh, my friend, uh, I hurt my shoulder. And my friend was like, take some Decca. He's like, my shoulder feels better, but I'm not horny anymore. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, would you rather fuck or uh, have your sh- shoulder hurt a little bit? Like, I think I'd rather fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a toss-up. You got you to, gotta, you know, pick your poison in that sense. If you're getting someone, like, new uh, just to ask for, you know, these types of questions, like, okay, I've never done anything. Is there anything you would recommend? And, uh, and that no. person, <laughs> don't, don't do don't. it. Yeah, I, I, if I went back, I don't know if I, I, I would have done it. Now, I, okay, so the one thing that I found is every time I've done it, I put on two to three kilograms that I can never get off again. Sure. Right? So, like, I probably started at 82 kg. Yeah. And then the first time, boom, 85. Yeah. Never saw 82 again. Yeah, I mean, you could, but. The next time, boom, I think I hit 90. Anyways, by the end of it, I was, like, maxing 96, 97 kg, and now, like, I cannot get under 92. Yeah. And that's where I, I sit at 92. So, like, I'm always afraid, but I, f- I fucking love steroids. They're awesome. Yeah. They're awesome. Yeah, they're great. You feel amazing. Yeah. Like, you have so much energy. Once you, you start, pump. there's no going back. There's no going. But, like see, I've been off them. box, for sure. <laughs> it's not going to close. I've been off them for a year, but I'm tempted to maybe get on to TRT because, like, those guys like Dan Blazarian and yeah. Rogan. He, like, he just had a great comment the other day. It was on some other show. And... Mm. Uh, this is people ask me this all the time too. Oh, you think so and so is on steroids? Uh, you, you know. Oh, did you see that natty or not? Like, listen, everybody's on steroids. Everybody. It's there's a billion people on steroids. You just don't know it. Not everybody talks about it. Like it's a little. You know, keep it, keep it hush hush. Every actor you know, they're on steroids. Oh, for sure. Every athlete you know, they're on steroids. Like all of them. Everybody's doing it. Just accept it. It's just how it is. Okay, are there people that aren't? Yeah, sure. There's also a lot of people that are. Yeah, like when you look at like Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Super juiced. <laughs> juiced as can be. You think you just get veins like that for no reason? He was skinny before, and now he's super jacked. Yeah, he's, he's deadlifting, you know, four plates like it's no big deal. There's just no way. Yeah. It's impossible. At 40? Like he didn't lift before 40, and suddenly he's just been in the bar like it's easy? Okay. Is there like a protocol that is, is safer than others? Sure. I You know, like a a, a big problem is like, the internet is dog shit. Terrible. So there, there's not that many endocrinologists out there, but an endocrinologist's job is to help the regular people, particularly mostly women, because they have more sensitive hormones, whereas us dudes are a little tankier and we can kind of, like, get by. Although we're starting to figure out, like, hey, you know, like, dudes on a little bit of gear, like, tend to be happier and healthier and do things better and less suicide, you know, all these benefits, like, hmm. You know, maybe we should introduce this into the culture a little bit, but then we also have all this toxic masculinity stuff going on at the same time. It's like running into each other. But the knowledge is really, like, hard to come by, uh, which is a huge issue here in Southeast Asia because most people don't even speak English, and all the knowledge is either in English or Russian. 
So, and, and maybe German. So if you don't speak any of those languages, where are you going to get the knowledge from? So, you know, you can get online, steroid.com, bodybuilding.com. You can read the dog shit cycles on there and the horrible advice yeah. that's on there. And the, you know, thousand guys on planet Earth like me that can tell you what's up, you have to, like, know them and reach out to them and you have to trust them to actually get the, you know, useful information. And that's hard. Like, most people... You know, you're not necessarily going to know if you just live in some town. Yeah, it's all, all online is even uh, the months, and I still couldn't figure out what the hell to do. Even the clinics, they don't really know what they're doing. You know, no, they I'm, just have some like nurse in there like, oh, yeah, uh, or a doctor who's not really educated in. OK, they have a, a doctor, but it's like general health, right? It's not in the specific science of steroid use. Yeah, these people like uh, these shops uh, in Patong. Yes, yeah. they're everywhere. Oh, they don't know anything. Well, first of all, the, the quality of the product they're selling is horseshit. Yeah. yeah. So I wouldn't buy that anyways. No. But occasionally you'll get a hold of like some Bayer stuff, which but then you <laughs> don't even know if it's real. So like, eh, right. well, don't know. Let's, I want to, that's one subject. Uh, we'll say that for a bit. I want to talk about quality and the differences of quality yeah. and, and, and uh, some of the stuff that like guys like Sylvester Stallone use. Yeah. And I've read into that and what they get caught in in Australia. <laughs> um, but Correct me if I'm wrong, but so the average male will produce like say 125 milligrams of test a week. You're already doing it wrong. You're already wrong. That's not right. Okay. Okay. So every person is different, right? So what you might produce is unique to you. Mm. Now, one thing that would be a factor is your size. So if you are X size, you'll probably produce something related to that size. Now, some people just produce less, and some people just produce more. Mm. So there's really no, like, oh, what's the baseline? That's bullshit. That's 100% bullshit. So how can you find out what you're producing? I mean, you could test. You could do blood tests. That's a lot of effort. Do they have that on the island? It's easy, accessible? Yeah, yeah it's easy. And, and they're able to... A little bit to, expensive. They'll, but they'll be able to test your blood and say, hey, you're producing X amount. Well, it'll say how much you have. At that point, and which could which be... Which is also... Depending on your, your diet. Yeah, so we're getting into bro science, even though we're, we're going the correct science way, but it's already bro science because you're not going to blood test every 15 minutes for five weeks to... Uh, really, To yeah. really know what your average standard level is. Go, okay, what are you at the morning and what are you at night? It's just too much effort. Would there be like a like a, a process or let's say a protocol, like if you're going to do a blood test, test on midweek Wednesday at lunch. I mean, yeah, but not really. Yeah. Like I always ask my athletes to go test. But the truth is I'm going to look at it. I'm going to see what's on there. And I'm going to get a general idea and I'm going to base my selections, my advice off some generalizations. So, okay, I, I learned from a doctor. Like that's where I learned. And then I, I mean, I studied in school, but then I actually went out of my way to read some endocrinology books. I then worked with some of the top professional guys, and, I, and then I had a doctor teach me a lot of stuff. And at the end of the day, we're still using bro science, mm-hmm. you know, like because it's generalizations. Eh, it looks about like this. So then you try. And, and this is where the difference is between like professional and like dog shit internet advice. Mm-hmm. Okay. If your bro says, hey, let's do a 12-week cycle. We're going to run 500 milligrams of test. Okay. That's stupid. Why? Oh, uh, you know, 12 weeks is good. That's, uh, you know, uh, the regular arc for, like, a test cycle. 
Not a single professional guy is doing anything like that. Totally doesn't work that way. Uh, okay, so like I said, with size, your size is going to probably have some kind of relationship to how much you need. So what would you, let's say my I'm about 180 centimeters, 90 k, 92 kg. So let's say let's just multiply by two. So like just a little less than 200 milligrams a week would be right for you, but you don't want to be your natural re- level. Two fifties probably good. You know the truth is you do, you don't want to just. Why would you take a drug to be the same? Okay, I see your point. Yeah. Like why? Why would you do that? And so that's more of a TRT protocol. It'd be like getting implants that yeah. are the same size of your boobs. Yeah. But you already have boobs. Like, oh yeah, I just got a surgery to have a boob job for the same size boobs. Why would you do that? It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to get a boob job, get big boobs. Like, that's the whole point. <laughs> you know? That's what we're here for. Yeah. Uh, it's the same thing for tests. Like, okay, I'm not saying go crazy, but if you just want to feel the same, you would take the same amount as you're producing, right? So a little bit extra. And that that would be considered TRT protocol, where it's yeah, just a little, bit, a little bit more. Not generally. like... But so, for example, if you're saying, okay, you're, you produce two, maybe take 250. But then the next step would be if I'm taking 500. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now we're talking about serious stuff. Yeah. But the truth is you don't really need to take more than 500. I then wouldn't then want, you can yeah. start doing other things. And then you just manipulate yourself in different ways. Yeah. Now, of course, most of the enormous guys are taking more, but not, you don't really need to. But those guys, like, they're usually on, like, trembling and, yeah. like, more serious. The stuff where... It has a different, you know, it's been altered to cause different effects. It's more exotic. How is it, how is trembling different than test? In, in terms of, like, the chemistry, or is that too technical? I mean, it's getting pretty technical, but basically it's, like, 10 times more anabolic or 100 times more anabolic. So it's causing your body to fill itself, your cells to fill themselves with, more nutrients. Throughout. Anabolic meat constantly repairing. Yeah. Const- and, and that's what, that when you're doing testosterone and these types of steroids and you're anabolic, that's why I can go to the gym, I can eat. But as long as I'm eating, my body's like constantly repairing itself, well, it's processing. We're getting technical. Yeah. But yeah. Okay, your anabolic just means you're growing. Right. I mean, we're just using a big word to say growing. But repairing and growing aren't necessarily the same. So you can take steroids and grow. You sit, if I give you a bunch of fucking trend right now, you can never hit the gym. It's still, you're going to gain muscle. Yeah. For sure. It's, it's just a math equation. Is there? Your body's going to like, uh, give me more. Yeah. I mean, you still have to, at the end of the day, you still need to lift. And regardless, I mean, if you take steroids, you want to go to the gym. Like you're so fired up. Like, I mean, that's why, you know, I was saying the mental thing too. Like you asked me how long it takes to take effect. Well, uh, I just started a cycle, and now I'm, I'm also eating better. Oh, and I'm training harder. So after two weeks, oh, yeah, I've seen results. Are you? Or did you just eat better and train harder? Right, and you stopped you know, like, And then how do I measure that, too? Like, as a scientist, like, how am I going to go, oh, these results are good. Well, before you were eating fucking McDonald's, and you were training, like, three times a week, dicking around, and now you're, like, hardcore big Rami training, yeah. like, five sets of everything, maxing out and failing on every set, and... You know, you're just eating chicken and rice all day. Well, okay, your performance is going to go up regardless if you're taking steroids or not. Yeah, and you're not drinking on the weekends because, yeah. you, you know, you're, you've invested in that yeah. cycle. So yeah. you automatically – I went 90 days without a drink because I was doing it. 
Yeah. I was like, oh, this is great. And I felt great and I looked great. But then right after you crash and that's another issue. Yeah. Um, is there anything like, see, I, I want to stay away from like the uppers, like your clen, because sure. I've just heard, I've read into Clen's it. It's actually pretty mild. But I heard like it's a nightmare. Uh, uh, you can run into serious issues like at night when you're trying to sleep. Like it fucks yeah. up your sleep. Uh, that's kind of initially. It doesn't really last. But people have problems with sleep for a whole myriad of reasons, right? So like you're stressed out. Do you sleep good? You have a boner. Do you sleep good? Yeah. Well, <laughs> like there's so many things that can get in the way of sleep and we start blaming the clin because it's an upper, but the truth is clin isn't an upper. It's a, a vasodilator. Mm. So your heart's pumping a little harder. Right. It, it's not actually an upper. Now, when you first take it the first like week, you'll be <sighs> right. That's what I heard. And it's like, uh, when you first take it, but after you get used to it, you'll feel normal. Even if you take it in the morning, you're still awake at night. Now we're starting to question, is it that? Or is it something else? So could you balance that with, and, and I, I was listening to your, your interview oh, on the Tiger with G. This is a funny st right? story, right? Like now you have this upper, you're going at night, yeah. I want to sleep. Do I now, do I take uh, G, which is the date rape drug? Yeah, so a lot of guys do that, which is nuts. Because <laughs> your heart's like going. <laughs> like, hey, I'm taking one drug to do this. Now I'm taking another drug to do that to counterbalance it. Like, why don't you just not take drugs, dude? Yeah. You know, if you can't handle it, like, just don't take drugs. Yeah. Uh, yes, that, that is a way to, there, you know, and it depends what you're looking to accomplish. Like, listen, if you're going to compete in Mr. Olympia, you're going to take a bunch of shit. Okay? So we're going to have to balance that out. If you're going to hit the beach and try to pick up chicks, you don't need to take all that shit. <laughs> like, you know, pick your target. You know, what you need to do for one target isn't what you need to do for the next target. Uh, so the GHB thing is, like, nuts. Another one that's crazy is Valium. Like, there's guys taking, like, 10 Valium a day. That's fucked. Yeah. And that's just to kind of <laughs> like, slow yeah. the heart rate down? It's because it's they're fucking idiots is why is what it is. Oh, I can't sleep, so I'm just popping Valium. And I, I started with one, and well, now I take 10. Huh? Jesus Christ. This is where you got guys that aren't waking up. I mean, you're gonna you're you're gonna you're gonna fuck your heart up. It's worse than that. Like, there's a lot of things going on. You know, if, if you start taking one opioid, guess what yeah. happens? Now you're taking another opioid. Now you're doing this. Now you're doing that. I've seen guys like, you know, guys have behaviors, right? And, and girls too. You know, they get into one behavior, and it leads to the next thing, and it leads to the next thing, and all this stuff kind of related. The same thing, like, when people ask me about training or advice or whatever, one thing leads to the next. It all just kind of spirals in one way. So whatever your little issues are, those are going to come up. Um, so, yeah, like, oh, I can't sleep, so I started taking some G. I couldn't find G. It's, it's harder to find. Yeah. It's, it's not that easy to get a hold it's of not over. It's not that over the counter. Which is a good thing. Yeah. Like, it shouldn't be everywhere. Otherwise, everyone's date raping each other. At, yeah, at a and catch it beach can club. kill you, too. Like, it, you, if you take too much, you just die. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like you have to take a lot to die. You, you can take a little the, bit and die. Yeah, that's why you have to use this little, like, little needle. Yeah. I, I've never personally taken it because I'm like, oh, I don't I've feel like I, I've never either, but I've, like, seen firsthand, like, some situations. People just look drowsy and they look out of it. I'm like, why yeah, would you want to? You know, like, the good side of it sounds great. You feel like you're kind of drunk, and apparently, like, you can have great sex on it. 
but like I, I've only ever seen the bad, and man, I don't want any of that. Like, no, uh, I guess people are taking it so that like if you're training, uh, you're not putting on the calories from drinking that night, and you it increases still. your your natural GH as well. Mm. So it's good for that. It's good for sleep. But you're using a drug to sleep. Like I'd rather just sleep. Mm. You know, my body can do that anyway. Why do I need to do extra stuff? But when we're adding we're adding more steps to something that's not really that complicated. Yeah, that's the road. I, see, I looked into Clen, and I'm like, okay, if I take Clen, what can I take to balance it? And I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Now that doesn't yeah, yeah. make sense. And, you, you know, like, you take Clen to lose fat, right? Right. That's, that's the thing. Why so don't you just diet? <laughs> like, diet, see how that goes. Get good at that. Then add on. Like, one, do step one before you do step ten. And, and pretty much the, the answer is, like, diet. Like, for me personally, it would probably be I'd have to get down to, like, thirteen to 1,500 calories a day and the right, right macros. Not necessarily. But, like, the cardio side, how important is that? Uh, it's different for every person. Yeah. So, like, what you just said is wrong, for sure. Mm. Like, if you're 92 kilos and you want to get leaner, okay, I can make you leaner, no problem. There's different ways, for, and different people react differently. Yeah, we can bring your calories down. 1,500 calories, super low. So low. You feel like shit. Yeah. You don't do that. Your training would be terrible. Okay, well, if you're training terrible, you're going to burn less calories, okay? So then, then you need to eat less, then you're going to burn less, then you need to eat less. That doesn't work. So why don't you just eat a little bit more, and then you can train good. Boom, suddenly things are better. It's just it's better management. Mm. Sup- like a superior management would be good. And then your week isn't exactly the same all week long. You don't do the same thing every day, all day. You don't feel the same every day, all day. So you have to adjust for where you're at and what you're doing. Carb cycling, I think, is the best. So, okay, I trained legs today, so I'm going to eat 600 grams of carbs and fill my legs with nutrients, and I'm going to help them grow, and I want to get bigger. Okay, that's what I'm doing. What you might want to do to lose weight is, oh, I trained legs today. Maybe I need to eat 100 grams of carbs to recover from that. And then the rest, you know, my body will just use itself, burn some fat. Boom, we're done here. How important is the cardio? Well, it depends what's your goal. Are you competing in the UFC? Or you like to just go run on the beach? Or you don't have any cardio in your life at all? Okay, then why would you do cardio? And, and a lot of people ask, like, oh, what cardio should I do? Well, if you're a fighter, you should do fighting. Mm. You know, I, I see so many fighters, oh, I need to run. You're going to run in the ring? What do you need to run for? Why don't you just do more fighting? Like, you're going to do fighting in your competition, so why don't you do, you want to last longer and have better cardio in your competitions? We'll do that. You know, it's not really that complicated, but oh, wow, that's a big idea. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> do more of what you're doing to be better at it? Oh, wow, that's not that complicated. Um, some people don't do any cardio. It's super shredded. It's just their genetics. Yeah, that's genetics. There's this guy, Dexter Jackson, uh, Mr. Olympia 2008. Super shredded, dude. His nickname is The Blade. He's so shredded. Uh, never does any cardio. Doesn't do any at all. Just genetics. Uh, he diets really well. And you can diet a, super hard. And takes a lot of clen. I mean, probably does. I mean, they take shit, too, but... Uh, yeah. He just doesn't need to. He trains. He trains hard, sort of. Not as hard as some other guys, but pretty hard. Takes his shit, 
and diets real hard, doesn't eat any extra bullshit. Um, then some guys, they have to do the two hours of cardio. At, at my peak, I'll do the two hours of cardio. But it'll be really gentle, like a walk. And I like it. So, cool. You know, if you're doing something you hate, it's going to be awful. Yeah, like, yeah, running, it's a, I don't mind it. It depends at this, sometimes at this weight, running can be painful, like on the ankles and knees yeah. after. Yeah. But I, I found. I'm 250, man. I don't want to run anywhere. 250. Run from what? <laughs> something chasing me? Yeah, exactly. Are there the co- are the cops coming? So you'll just do like a two hour walk. And yeah. Yeah, I, I was golfing at one point two years ago. I was golfing every day. I'd, ta- I'd tee off all by myself. I didn't care about the score, but I'd tee off at like 545, and I'd get a two-and-a-half-hour walk in. When I, that was my peak shreddedness, let's say. <coughs> yeah. And it was walking six days a week, about 10K every day, but golfing, so you don't notice it. And like that's when, and I was, all, and you're doing it like fasted. I don't know if that makes any difference. There's so much bro there, There's, on there's that. a lot of funny factors to this fasted thing because it comes up all the time. Working should, out oh, fasted. Do it fasted. Okay. You shouldn't work out fasted because then your workout's going to be bullshit. Mm. Like, there's no way you're going to go smash heavy weights hard on an empty stomach. There was a, a, one of the strongmen, the American guy, um, who was on a podcast, I think with Joe Rogan or something, and he, he said a bunch of stupid shit, like, don't do deadlift. Yeah, that was stupid. It's stupid. And then he's like, oh, yeah, uh, warriors go to war hungry. I'm like, you're not a warrior, dude. I don't know anybody in that fights that fights hungry. Like, that's... Hunger's like in your heart, not your stomach. Like you know, like it's a different thing. Like, what are you talking about, bro? Like, yeah. Oh, oh I, when I compete, I'm hungry. Yeah, that's probably why you don't win, dude. Like, what are you talking about? Um, if you want to do something that requires extreme physical exertion, and what we're doing when we're training is, I mean, most people are trying to be healthy, but at the end of the day, what are we really doing? Oh, I want to try and change the way I look. Is the general why people are going to the gym. Other more extreme is like competing, whether it be bodybuilding or fighting or whatever else. But both of those things require your body to adapt. Well, that adaptation takes excess. You know, you have to put your body through something to cause it to adapt. If it's easy, no way. There's nothing to adapt to. Your body can already do it easily. So it has to be hard. It doesn't even count until it is hard. So are you going to go do something that's super hard on an empty stomach? Why would you do that? It's going to make it harder, and you're not going to do it very well. You want to get the most out of it. So definitely eat. Yourself, like if you're going for a leg day, how have you timed your meal before? How heavy is that meal? Uh, I like to work out in the morning because I get tired by the night because I'm super busy. Same. Um, but I'll normally have two meals before I eat or before I train. I'll have like a, a big bowl of oats with protein in it with maybe some fruit. And then I'll have like uh, eggs with something. And that kind of varies. Like sometimes it's eggs with stuff or sometimes it's just egg whites, depending on what I'm trying to accomplish. But 100%. Like definitely packing in some food before I go to train. Are you taking like an hour gap like you'll eat and then wait an hour it it depends on like when i wake up i'm you know like my my wife wakes up super early she wakes up like 5 30 and then she does her cardio and then she has like a little jesus concert in the living room and that wakes me up (laughs) okay (laughs) okay awesome i guess this is what we're doing yeah um so like you know maybe i wake up like seven or whatever and then i'll if i'm doing my cardio i'll do my cardio and then i'll eat and then depending on what time i train 
either I'll smash in the second meal early, like quickly, or I'll wait a little bit and then have it. Mm. Just depends. Like you have to factor in your life. Yeah, for me, you know, it's nobody I, lives in a bubble. Yeah, I just we I, I'm training at the Bangtao Muay Thai, uh, but they're doing a hit class every morning at 9 a.m. So I, I basically get up at six six thirty, slam a coffee, do some sure. work. You can do hit, but I don't. I don't eat. It. Yeah, I don't. I don't eat for for hit because it's. I find I get like um, uh, like a acid reflex yeah. a little bit. So I just can't, or I'll feel like super full. And it hits such a, you know, it's come up like big in the last five years, right? You know, nobody was talking about hit before, really. You know, occasionally you hear about like, oh, yeah, these, these wrestlers, they do hit exercise. Actually, they just do wrestling training and it's super intense. Uh, it's weird because like hit is effective, but for you to actually do, and most people to actually do a hit workout, high intensity, okay, interval training. Is the interval correct? You can probably do the intervals correctly, right? But they need to be repetitive. So it needs to be like, okay, you need to get to 180 beats per second or minute. Yep. Every single repetition, okay? Are you doing that? Pretty close. Yeah. Pretty fucked up, yeah. I think most people that are doing hit workouts. Oh, I watch them. Some guys aren't even sweating. Yeah. I'm, I'm drenched. It's bullshit. I'm absolutely soaked. Yeah. And, yeah, like, no I'm way. watching other people and they... They take those little breaks. I do it, I, but I, see, I've been able to measure my heart rate, so I don't even need the the band anymore. Yeah. I can kind of, I'll just touch here a bit, and like, and you kind of feel it in your lungs. Like, you pretty much if know. If you're miserable, you're doing it right. It's and horrible. I'm, I'm terrible. I hate yeah, it. I'm no, swearing. I'm like ready yeah. to punch a if hole If it's not the awful, you're not doing it right. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing about HIT. Like, you know, you got all these F45s and whatever gyms. Okay, yeah. that's cool. They're They're fine. I'm not saying that they're bad. They're fine. Maybe not the safest thing. CrossFit, maybe not the safest thing, but it's better than doing nothing. But we're calling it a hit workout, right? But is everybody in there actually doing hit? No, fuck no. no. Fuck bullshit. Uh, you know, you see these soccer moms. They're doing like ball slams and whatever, fucking around. Okay. What's your heart rate at? Oh, 120. Yeah, they're going <laughs> yeah. at a controlled Well, pace. that's not really hit. So, you know. Yeah, I'm, I've always kind of been against CrossFit because I think the, you, you sacrifice the form. Um, sure. But this class, it's okay. It's a bit different. It's not that we're not doing crazy pull-ups where you're going to pop yeah. a shoulder out. Yeah. It's pretty controlled in that sense. And, and you gotta, you need to be advanced enough that you know your heart rate and you know the, the movement and you don't need to rush it. And you don't need to look at the guy next to you because he's going faster. It's like, okay, how do you feel? Well, I mean, the, the competition factor is good, right? The big thing is the community factor, though. Like, if you get people in a community, like, the reason CrossFit makes money is the community, not because it's a good workout. Yeah. Like, what's good about it? Nothing. Every element of it is mediocre. Well, you're not, they smashed it together. You're not really building, like, no, There's no muscle, muscle building. So, like, anymore. I used to do, when I was, lit, like, on, on a cycle, like, I'm doing a 10-week, 12-week cycle, like, of my program for lifting. And uh, it, it's very focused on... Um, it's a guy named Jeff Nippard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I f so I follow his He's one of the science bros. I follow his program. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And it's very science-based. Super science-y. And it, I've done his, his routine like three or four times. Every time I do a cycle, yeah. I fucking love it. Yeah. Because it's pretty much a recipe. Like yeah. he's like, okay, week one to two, we're just doing 60%. Let's yeah. get into the, let's get into the groove. And then yeah. it builds and builds and builds. Yeah. And it's not like, 
I don't I don't like upper lower days. I do like yeah. like no, Monday. That's, that's, that's also bro sciencey bullshit. See, I just find it I I if I do like a lower day, like <clears throat> I can't walk for three days. Sure. So like what I try to do is like Monday will be leg day, but it's just heavy squats yeah. and maybe some leg press and a little bit of calf. Yeah. And then I throw in a little bit of everything else. Yeah, but yeah. the squat is like twelve sets. Yeah. yeah. Like, and it's like five warm ups and then six builds up, build ups and really low reps, like maybe like three to five. Sure. And I find for me that works the best. I, there's a, a great sniper saying aim small, miss small. What are we aiming for? Like, if your goal is to squat 700 pounds, you're going to do more, a lot of squats. Yeah. Okay. So if we just have a general fitness goal, okay, we can do some squats and we can do some of this and some of that. And Whatever. If our goal is to be Mr. Olympia, we need huge legs. So we're going to train in a way to make our legs huge. What's your target? You know, let's be most exactly on our target that we can possibly be. Mm. The smaller our target, the more accurate our training, the better the results. Yeah. And like you said, it really, like when you have those personal consultations with people, it's like, what are you trying to do? Yeah. It's most not, people don't even know. And that, I think that's probably why a lot of the information online is, doesn't exist because yeah. there's no single recipe of, no. there's just too many variables that like, how do you answer all those questions? Yeah. If you're looking to like, for, so for me now, the reason I stopped lifting in the gym, uh, I was, I've been doing all, it for all the gyms up here. Suck too. So. Well, the, te the Tesco one, I, I don't mind it. Because no one's there. And honestly, I just need the squat rack yeah. for pretty much everything I do. Yeah. And then I, I like their little calf machines. It's, it's so shit. You have to use one leg. <laughs> you see that? Like you can't, I, yeah. I, you can't, and you're probably doing the whole rack on one leg. Yeah, no problem. Right. So like yeah, no problem. that and their hamstring. I can't really work out there to be honest. Like, yeah. The machines are shit. The cables yeah. are shit. Yeah. But. They're all fake. They're like Chinese machines. Oh, the cable machines are shit. They've the got a hack squat that's like at this angle, right? Those, all like, that. How's that? That's almost straight up and down. It's not a hack squat. It's just a fucking yeah, piece of shit. The only thing good about that gym is there's no one there. Yeah. And like, no, everyone leaves you alone. Yeah. So, and I just, I sit in the squat rack again the whole time, whatever I'm doing. Yeah. So I don't yeah. mind it. Um, yeah. We'll so, let so you do whatever. That's kind of nice. They don't care. Yeah. Well, except for you can't take a shirt off. They get they get pissed at that. I've done it, but nobody ever says anything. Well, they're not going to say anything so to you. I've, you know, I've had a like my experience I, is unique to me. When I used to, I've had a few times, and and for me, I personally, I prefer the shirt off because I just find like you know yeah, when you're really going, like I feel like I can't breathe. We're Thailand. It's yeah. too fucking hot, and that gym's been messed up too because the, yeah, air, the air con's been off for like yeah, two yeah. months. Yeah, yeah, all the time. Like yeah. they just they didn't bother to pay the electric bill, but they still want to take money to like yeah. go into the gym. Like. Uh. I'll pay you guys when, like, the power's on. <laughs> yeah. they. I don't know what they're up to in there. I mean, I, I tried to do a hit in there with a buddy and, like, lasted 10 minutes. It's, it's like a sauna. It's too hot. Um, f yeah, so f for someone like me, like, what I was, I, I've done those cycles to get big. I've done the Jeff Nipper workouts. What ends up happening is I pack on a ton of muscle. Yeah. Like, I'll get up to 95, and I, I'm too big. Like, I'm not, I can't even get my hands grasped grasp behind my back, and yeah, yeah. I don't like it personally. And that's why I'd, I started to do the hit because I, it was actually more for the the, um, uh, the stretching, if anything. Like, yeah. now I feel great in there. But I know that if I get on test, I will fucking kill it in that class. Oh, yeah. So, like, I'm, but I'm on the fence. I'm like, I want to do the test. I want to do a cycle. I don't want to do too much, but I don't want to put on any more muscle. Sure. Like, should I be mixing in like a clenbuterol or something to get more cut? You'd only use clen to burn fat. That's the only purpose. 
But if I if I start taking like test and treating it like TRT, and I'm sure there's tons of people that would relate to this question. It's just more like I don't want to get big anymore. But if I take test, am I going to get big? Because again, you're going to hold a lot of water. There's so many elements to this question, though, right? Mm. You take it. And I like it. Yeah, I love yes. it. <laughs> Jack, bro, look at look at this. Yeah. And then suddenly you're like putting on muscle because you like it. And then you, you put on too much. And you're like. What have I done? Yeah. <laughs> Once you've gone too far, you've already gone too far. Like now you have to go backwards. So like, where do you go? Like the, it's, it's an unanswerable question. Uh, will you put on muscle if you take, you know, at your size, let's say like 250. Okay. We're, we're based on body weight here. You could go like one milligram per pound of body weight plus a little bit. Plus it comes in whatever 200 or 300 per CC. Yeah. You know, depending on what your source is, uh, whether you get it from the doctor or some bullshit other place, whatever. Mm. Um, so you, you, it comes in whatever, so you kind of just take it in whatever. Uh, you know, if you're a tiny little dude, you can take half a cc. If you're a guy my size, well, you need a little extra. Yeah. Um, and, like, that's where, like, the doc, you know, a lot of the clinics don't really know this. Like, you've got some nurse in there. Like, here you go. Here, take just push that much. mic up a little bit uh, towards oh, you. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, and so... Yeah, like, 250 tests is not going to do much, bro. Like, you're just going to feel, like, good. You're not going to blow up. You're not going to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. No way. Mm. But you're going to get into it. Like, you'll like it. Yeah. And so, naturally, you'll be, like, training harder and eating better and, like, oh, shit, this feels good. And then you're doing more. But then, like, everything else in life, everything, you know, ebb and flow, suddenly, eh, you know, I'd like to do some more stretching or yoga or well, jiu-jitsu whatever the fuck, and then you start doing that, and you're like, oh, I'm kind of stiff, so now, you know, I'm going to back off this and do more of that. It just changes, whereas, like, you know, in my case, when I'm dealing with hardcore athletes or professional athletes, whatever, the focus is the same all the time, so we're just grinding in one direction constantly and seeing how far we can possibly go. It's just like two different mindsets, two different mm -hmm. things. And that's another thing. Like when you look at these cycles or whatever that people write, oh, 12 weeks, I'm going to run 500 tests. Okay. That works for the average dude, sort of, kind of, not really. Uh, whereas uh, everyone should be adjusting every single week based on what they're doing. Adjusting the milligram of test. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, everything that you're doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything. Like, okay, last week, my diet, I was 3,300 calories. That week per day, average. We'll just say, uh, just generalization. You know, I gained a little bit of weight, so maybe I bring it down. Or maybe I want to gain more weight. Maybe I bring it up. We're just constantly, constantly, constantly adjusting. The difference between a good coach and a dog shit coach is constant adjustment. If a coach doesn't adjust, they suck, mm. period. And I see it all the time, and I see guys who think they're the best, and they even win in different things. And they're just, oh, we're only going to do it like this forever. But the truth is, if you're not constantly adjusting, your dog should coach. It's not even coaching. Here you go. Here's a piece of paper. This is what you need to do. Yeah, that's not – coaching is being involved. Yeah. Helping, making adjustments. Yeah, I guess every, you need to really focus on your diet. And I think a lot of people starting out this, if you can't look at a plate of food and, under, like, measure calorie and macros with, a, like, now I'm at that point I can do it because I've been through the weighing process. Yeah. But you need to reach that level before you – you even know what you're putting in your body. Yeah. So, like, for example, the past two weeks, like, my weight's kind of stayed the same. My fats stayed the same. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? 
and I've worked in a smoothie every morning after the workout, sure. something new. I've cut it out, and now I'm losing weight. Yeah. And there wasn't much in it. It was a scoop of uh, gold standard protein, yeah. a banana. Uh, then I put in some powders like BCAAs, yeah. nothing nothing that's going to add calories. Sure. Um, but it was an avocado. Oh. I was tossing in a whole avocado. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? Superfood. Fuck that. I don't know what's super about it. It's just it, fat. Tons of fat. <laughs> it's just so tons like, of fat. People don't under, uh, that's what I started to understand. I'm like, okay. And, and when you look at that on the macro scale, like an avocado, eat a whole avocado. That's probably more, if you're on a diet, more than the daily intake you should be even taking the whole day. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, most athletes, 40 grams of fat a day. Right. <laughs> what um, you're getting one from. One avocado, bloom. Gone. Gone. And the fat, you'll probably get that from your meat. If you're doing like hard training, you know, I get this question sometimes too. People ask, oh, how long does a bodybuilder train? Well, it varies. Uh, some guys train for 45 minutes. Boom, done. Some guys train for two hours. Some guys train for three hours, but they fuck around on their phone a lot. Uh, that's bodybuilding. People ask me about fighters. Oof. Fuck, I used to train six hours a day, dude. But like, can't you get what's it called, a uh, runner's heart? Yeah, and you can get rab, though. That doesn't happen that often. And the, the thing is, like, you're so focused. I'm doing my cardio. I'm doing my drilling. I'm doing my sparring. I'm doing this, that. Uh, you're doing 8 million things. When I was fighting, and what made me good was I was training all day long every day. Well, you're going to need some fuel for that, right? So that's a huge factor, too. If you don't get the diet right, it's step one. If you don't get the diet right, you're, you're, you've missed the first step. Yep. So you have to adjust that first. It's the first step. Then your training is... Like, connected to that, your diet and your training should be, like, totally synced up. If they aren't, then, like, you're probably off. Because the way you feel is going to be related to your training. And you're going to need to fuel that training properly. If you don't fuel your training properly, then you're, you're just kind of... Yeah, but it becomes a full-time job. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how... Like, e even for myself, when I put myself through that, like, my work hours drop. Here's, a, like, here's a simple... Simple solution, okay? So, like, we do carb cycling, right? You want to gain weight, eat a little bit more carbs, keep your proteins kind of the same all the time. And if you want to get bigger, eat a little bit extra protein. What do you mean by carbs? Like sweet potato or pasta bread? I literally mean the macro carb. It could be anything. Anything. doesn't matter. Eat fucking bread. I don't care. A carb is a carb, dude. You know? You can have some Skittles. It's just <laughs> it's not necessarily the best choice, but... Carb is a carb. People like demonize sugar. It's just carbs. <laughs> it's very dense carbs, but it's carbs. Um, and actually, like, uh, a lot of guys who train super hard will eat candy to, like, recover or fruit. I know. I, uh, Jeff Nippert, he eats Skittles during his workout. Yeah. He's like, well, yeah. I'm getting tired, so I'll take it halfway through. It's yeah, just sugar. It, it hits quick. Yeah. Whereas, like, if you have a, a sweet potato, it takes longer. Mm. You know, if you're training real hard... Boom. Skittles is a good example. It's just a little bit of sugar. Psh, pop you right back up. Yeah. Uh, my, my buddy Noel, he's just a monster. This guy's 300 pounds. And he just trains like a maniac. Uh, he eats uh, raisins. So he'll eat raisins in the middle of his workout. And I started doing it with him. Oh, man, that's awesome. Great. You get that extra little push. Yeah. So, like I was saying, um, if you want to gain a little bit of weight, add a little bit of carbs. Maybe bump your protein up a little bit, but you don't need extra protein. There's really no purpose in it. Like, if you eat 300 grams of protein, th and this used to be a big thing, like, 
oh, you need you need double your body weight in protein. For what? You're just gonna shit it out. Like it's yeah, not gonna, that, that, not going okay, anywhere. So that that part of bro science, like when you read into it, it's like okay, whatever your weight is in pounds, you need one gram per pound. Yeah. So if I'm weighing two hundred pounds, well, that's if you're working out real hard. What if you're not working out at all? Two hundred grams of chicken, a protein. That's a shit ton of chicken. Yeah. Like I, I, I wouldn't even be able to stomach that. Well, a big chicken breast is probably two hundred grams, and so that's about sixty grams of, of protein. If that's what if I mean. you're a normal person doing normal activity, you can live your whole day on that just fine. Yeah. Now, if you're tra- weight training, okay, maybe a little more. If you're weight training and trying to gain muscle, maybe a little more than a little more. It all kind of goes with what you need to do. But like a simple idea would be like, okay, if you weigh two hundred pounds in your training, and you want to gain a little bit of weight, maybe eat 220 grams of protein, adjust your carbs. Uh, tomorrow I'm going to train legs. I'll eat a little bit of extra carbs, a couple extra handfuls of rice, whatever. The next day I'm not training. Don't eat any carbs. For what? Mm. You're not doing anything. You don't eat it. And just do it like that. I mean, it's really sim- it's simple. Now, of course, like if we're getting ready for a competition, you're a professional athlete, I'm going to get real... Yeah, tight yeah. with numbers, but for a general person, oh, I'm not doing anything. I'm not having any carbs today. Oh, I want to gain a little bit of weight. I'm going to eat. You could keep the protein and the carbs about the same or a little bit extra on the carbs. And your your protein can be just a little bit like your body weight-ish or just a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. If you're not doing anything, just 150, 100, 100 grams of protein a day for a normal person who's not really doing that much is fine. What what type of protein would you recommend? I mean, so my girlfriend brought over some uh, co- coconut powder protein. I've I tried. It's quite like chalky. It's harder for your body to digest. That, see, uh, usually I just take gold standard, but I you know there's this huge plant movement, right? Yeah, well, not I don't I'm not vegan, nor do I condone it. Yeah, like so, <laughs> your body has a much more difficult time digesting that shit. So. And, and it's not. Why, all, why would you make your body work harder? It's not all bioavailable no. either. That's you get like that, half of it. That's that bullshit on the on the vegan talk. Like, yeah, yeah, well, there's eight grams of uh, why protein. Why don't they ever look healthy? Yeah, I don't know. They tell you to do this to be healthy, but they never look healthy. But they're thin, so they hit you with the, oh well, we're not fat. Okay, well, bodybuilders aren't fat, <laughs> and they have to supplement everything. Yeah, to stay. To, you Stupid. Know, yeah, it doesn't make any. Stupid. It's, it doesn't. You know, make any like sense. hey, if it's somebody, uh, if somebody approaches me and they say, hey, I want to be vegetarian or vegan. Okay, I don't give a shit. Like, great for you. Not my problem. Not my, I don't have a problem with it. That's fine. Oh, for sustainability. Okay, whatever that means. Fine. Uh, or for, I love animals. Have you ever met a cow? They have yeah. no personality. I gr- grew up raising cows. Like, there's, it ain't a dog. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, it's, there's nothing there. Okay, you don't want to, you love animals, you don't want to eat a cow. Okay, fine. Whatever. But then if people tell me they're doing it for their health, I'm like, can you back that statement up? Do you know what the fuck you're talking about? Or are you just talking bullshit? You, oh, my auntie said don't drink uh, whole, uh, whole milk because it's bad for your heart. Your auntie, she doesn't even have a job. Like, she's not educated in anything. Why do you listen to anything she has to say? Like, shut up. Yeah, yeah, no, it's that I've been down that road too many times. I, I mean, even, I don't even think I have friends that are vegans. I don't think I can be. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, like, uh, a few. They're cool. They always say, they always want to hit you with like a story though. Like, mm. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, don't care. I'll just I'm just gonna eat meat and I'm not gonna eat soy. Thanks. I tried once for three days. I'm just let me try that. That didn't work. Yeah. I think I lasted two. Hard pass. Yeah. Um. 
Okay, before we wrap it up, where are we hour and a half already? Okay, Hans, we should have brought Hans a coffee. We always forget. Hans, just start making your own damn coffee. Good, I'm good. I'm okay, good. Um, before before we wrap it up, uh, two two things I wanted to talk about. Um, one will be uh, just about uh, PCT sure. and what I did, and that this is pure again th- fucking terrible shit online that I yeah. tried to roll with, and I hope I was right. Uh, and the second is like the different qualities of steroids. Uh, and the availability in Thailand. And, and, and we know that this stuff's over the, the counter now. Obviously, we're not going to say, hey, where do we get that stuff? Um, so let, let's start. Uh, let, first, let's do PCT. Um, so my PCT, um, I was doing both Novadex and what's the other one? Or I did a Remedex yeah. on, on cycle. Yeah. I would take, I think, uh, maybe a quarter pill. Uh-huh. every other day or every whatever two three times a week just to uh um when it, you were doing 800 milligrams of test what were you doing let me hear this story uh just the sustenance 250 and then post cycle would have been uh I'd so be, you're doing like three cc's a week ish right okay it was retarded yeah my f- i took a flight once and my foot f- blew yeah. up like a balloon yeah. it was a nightmare um, that was from my buddy. He said, you got to, he's like, well, the bodybuilders take 3000. I'm like, you're not a bodybuilder. <laughs> it's true. What he said is true. Like yeah. I know guys. I'm like, yeah. He's like, so I should do eight. I'm like, I yeah. don't think that's right. Um, so the PCT it's Novadex and what's the other <coughs> one? Uh, a Remedex and uh, Clomid. Clomid. Yeah. But so I was taking, I, I take both Novadex and Clomid and then every week for four, it was a four week PCT. Okay. You kind of, I think it started at 50 and you're, you know, you're basically, subtracting a little bit every week i can't remember the exact dosage maybe it was 50 milligrams of uh clomid and, and something of, of novadex i was also taking stuff just for the liver which probably would have been i don't know some you sort do of that anyway I, my milk thistle, is really important taking that um and hcg uh-huh and HCG I, I is the shit i love it see i but i take i was taking hcg on cycle yeah. because if i don't my nuts would get to like that and like, it would be painful. Really? Yeah. Like, fuck that hurts. Like, and and that's when I read online, like, okay, just on cycle, take HCG, but not as much as when you go off cycle. And then this is how we're going to deal with that. And and I felt, I felt good. Um, But the one thing I found, like at the end of the day, um, every cycle, my weight goes up and my test levels never come back to whatever they were four or five years ago which can have to do with age too so do you have some insight on on like standardized uh pct and protocols and and just something to talk about that it depends what you do really let's say just like basic you blew 800 milligrams so yeah forget about that one let's 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 say you do a regular i was uh, trt i was doing about regular at the all the cycles after were like 300 the first question is so you keep using the word cycle yeah, I don't know why. You're not a chick. Yeah, I don't know why. But, you know, but everybody does cycles of steroids. But why do you need to do a cycle of you know, TRT? Why? Do you ever need to go off TRT? Do you? That See, that? Oh, that, so that I was interested. Yeah. Can you just stay on it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's TRT. But then what is the name? But then Testosterone replacement therapy. But then your nuts are just going to disappear. Well, if you're taking a shitload. Okay. Now, would you do? If H- you're taking a regular amount. You're not. I've, mine have never changed at all. Mm. 
And would you supplement HCG while on it? Well, that depends on a, a number of factors. For one, HCG will make you fuck better. Mm. And you'll, like, blow huge loads, which a lot of dudes love. <laughs> so, like, that's good. Okay. You know, if you want that, cool. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you could also, like, if you're having ED, there's methods for that. Take some fucking Cialis. Psh, done. Uh, or you could take HCG and it'll be better. Uh, you might have wet dreams, though. <laughs> um, if you're trying to, like, get your missus pregnant, you can take HCG on cycle or as post-cycle. HCG is kind of the go-to in getting your nuts to produce more sperm. It's good for that. It's kick-starting that process, yeah. right? It, it makes it pump. Yeah. Um, it also makes you feel a little bit better. Like, sometimes if you use, like, more hardcore shit, you get this hollow feeling. It's how everybody describes it. You just feel like hollow and brittle, uh, and it'll fix that. That's why I did it on cycle. And my buddy told me, "Don't touch it till after." I'm like, I'm like, I actually bro science that myself. I'm like, why? Yeah. Why don't I just take a little bit less on cycle? Dudes do it all the time on cycle. And it felt it, great. Like, okay, if the, your only purpose is to recover from a cycle, then yes, this is you know take like, a, let's say a thousand milligrams every other day for two weeks. That's like a normal. Normal way to come off cycle. You, you wait two weeks after your cycle. You take a thousand milligrams, or a thousand whatever the units are for a uh, thousand IU. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you take that at, uh, every other day for two weeks. Job done. Yep. Um, the clomid stuff, like clomid's always been around. These are estrogen blockers, right? Yeah, that's so you don't the, get yeah, gyno. Yeah, here's the thing about that. Like, uh, I've never had gyno. You can avoid it pretty easily. Some guys are susceptible to it, but, like, you're just fighting one thing. There's, like, other things going on with your body. And if you're, like, using things the wrong way, then it can kind of happen. It just kind of depends on you, and you can feel a lot of this stuff. And if you don't feel it, why would you take extra shit? And, like, AIs are actually pretty bad for you. That's why I took Arimidex. Arimidex is lighter. Because I, I would feel, like, mid-cycle, like, week five, yeah. I'd feel a little bump here. Yeah. So I, I would start to take it just so it didn't, you know... W would would you recommend when people are going PCT, they are touching these estrogen blockers to just prevent gyno? Like, it depends on you. Like, uh, you know, a little Arimidex goes a long way. It's fine. Yeah. It's pretty good. Nolvidex, like, you take that during cycle, not really off. Oh, really? Yeah, like, there's really no point. I mean, maybe you can continue post-cycle. But isn't again, Clomid, like, what are you doing? Isn't Clomid and Novidex the same type of product? It's no. both an estrogen blocker? No. Mm. Clomid... Uh, Helps you restart your testosterone. Ah, um, okay. See, this is all bro science where it's yeah. like, I just assumed it's all the same shit. No, no, it's not. So, like, Arimidex, uh, Arimacin, and Novidex Arimidex are all, is AI, right? Yeah. There's blockers, which is what Novidex is. And then, like, Arimidex actually pushes your estrogen down. Right. Which, when you're, like, trying to get super lean, you don't want estrogen because estrogen causes your body to hold water, hold weight. And that, actually, that product it was made for women with breast cancer 100 that's the whole reason for it to keep their estrogen down down yep. so they don't so their boobs yeah so the cancer in the boob doesn't grow yeah yeah, yeah. it's uh arimidex is pretty fine it's not great for your like bone density and your health in general uh so like it should all be used sparingly um uh, but again like when we're talking about trt like if you go on trt oh i don't want to do this forever don't start yeah. Just do it. 
If you want to do it, just do it. If you're 50, oh, I want to do a cycle. Okay, 50-year-old doing a cycle for what? Oh, I bumped my test up, and now it's back down. Like, why? It's like it's stupid. It's almost like yo-yo diet. Yeah, just if you want to live this lifestyle and you want to be this way, just do it. Oh, I'm sold. I'm going on TRT for yeah. life. You yeah. heard it. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about two more topics, HGH and the difference in terms of qualities of product and We'll wrap it up from there. So, yeah. okay. So I, I tried HGH once it's, you're using those super small, like yeah. IU needles. Yeah. Um, I only did it for a month because my buddy, after I started doing it, I'm like, wait a minute. So I did my research and it's like, well, you got to do it minimum six months. And then I just stopped. I'm like, I'm not doing this shit for six months. Yeah. And then some of the myths I started to hear about HGH is somewhere in my family, there's a cancer gene. I have to get tested for it. And HGH could trigger that. So I don't know the answer yet. I got, I got to go do some sort of cancer gene test. Um, and also HGH is it's better for people maybe over the age of 40. Like they, they call this like, what is it? You, you, do, you do like testosterone up until 45, 50, and then you switch to HGH. Another myth. Another myth. That's 100% bullshit. And uh, the fact that HGH, if not done properly, uh, everything grows. Your organs, your it's chin. Horseshit. Okay. So... <laughs> Those are the three myths that everyone here, I think the most popular ones people will hear about yeah. of HGH, human growth hormone. Um, can you just talk about that? Yeah, okay, so we're talking about TRT. And then you ask, like, okay, well, does TRT cause cancer? The answer is no, not at all. Uh, listen, the truth about cancer is God already decided it. You were born with cells in your body that can convert into cancer cells and eventually kill you. If you're going to get cancer, you're going to get cancer. What causes cancer? Oh, this light increases your risk of cancer. Eating that increases your risk of cancer. McDonald's increases your risk of cancer. Driving a car increases your risk of cancer. Well, fuck, everything causes increases your risk of cancer. What doesn't cause your increase your risk of cancer? Nothing. There's not like a, a way. Uh, you just meditate outside in the sunlight, but not too much sunlight because that also causes more cancer. So that it's all bullshit. There's no real, like, oh, don't eat bacon because it causes, increases your risk of cancer. Yeah. And then don't eat eggs because it increases your risk of cancer. Well, fuck. What do I do? The truth is, and nobody wants to hear it, if you're going to get cancer, you're going to get cancer. Period. That's why when, you know, like you see a, a six-year-old little girl gets lymphoma, it's heartbreaking. Did she do anything to get cancer? Or did she just, she had cancer cells in her body, she got cancer, and it, you know, maybe she survives, maybe she doesn't. That's just, it's just the hard fact. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about it. You know, everybody wants to talk about cancer. Nobody wants to talk about what the real thing is. It's just, it's your human body. We're not perfect. Yeah, it's the like, roll, of, roll of the dice. It's genetic. It just, this is going to, this is going to play out how it's going to play out. You have zero <clears> control. <throat> Nature's going to win, period. That's it. Um, okay, if you take TRT, no risk of cancer, really. Not a thing. Like it's not going to stimulate your cancer no. cells. That's more the question. Like, no. it, can it, uh, it, it fast track that? You know, no. Get them activated essentially. No. no. Uh, you know, maybe if you have uh, genetic heart issues and you take TRT, there could be some risks there, depending on what you do too. Like, there's some behavioral factors. Hey, are you getting shit faced every night and taking TRT? Well, probably not good. Uh, you know, you're pounding out eight coffees a day and you're taking TRT, and you have genetic risk factors for heart disease, 
Okay. Well, incoming heart attack. See ya. Yep. That's also genetic. If you're going to have a heart attack, you're going to have a heart attack. You know, there's you could do all the cardio in the world. <laughs> you're still going to get it. Um, that's And you see it happen. You see super fit, super healthy people have heart attacks and die. Oops. But they did everything right. Yeah. Well, that's how it goes. It's unfortunate, but how it works. Uh, yeah, TRT, no risk. Heart disease risks if you're stupid. Don't be stupid. You know, same thing. Don't do heroin. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. it's a bad idea. <laughs> Just don't do it. Uh, HGH yeah. is a like, different thing. Meaning, like, we don't do TRT, go out on the weekend, get shit-faced, do fucking three grams of Coke, yeah. and then the next week keep Actually, going. Actually, <laughs> the Coke point is really big because a lot of dudes that do TRT are well-to-do dudes, and they're, like, kind of hard, grindy dudes, like bankers. Gotcha. Bankers constantly are, are common TRT users. And common cocaine and, users. And common cocaine users. Yeah. And then they have a heart attack. And they blame the TRT. Uh, bro, you just did like four lines. Like, <laughs> I think there's some relationship there. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, HGH. The, the name of it is wrong. Growth is in the name. So, people think it's going to make you grow. The organs thing like came up in like the 90s. And, and people used to say GH gut. Because yeah. bodybuilders would have big guts. And they're, oh, they're on GH, and they're, it's making their organs grow. Well, that's fucking bullshit. <laughs> like, uh, what? No, their or, their stomach looks big because they eat eight meals a day, and they're huge, massive meals, and they weigh 300 pounds. Like, duh. Mm-hmm. Like the solution there is a little simpler than the growth hormone made their stomach grow. Yeah, if you take a bunch of shit, some of your organs may grow. But you're going to grow. So, like, it kind of goes together. Like, there's this guy that died a few years ago. He was young. His name's Dallas McCarver. When he died, all his organs were big. He weighed 320 pounds. Okay, so, of course, his organs were bigger. It's than all relative man. to... Yeah. Now, he was notorious for taking a ton of shit. Like, way too much shit. So, yeah, okay, if you do that, it's going to be bad. But if you're a regular dude and you're taking HGH, what does it actually do? It should be called uh, human repair hormone. Because what it actually does is help cellular repair. So you take HGH, your cells will hold a little bit more water, so you'll be a little bit bloated. Now, if you're in shape, you'll look good. If you're, like, bulking, you want you, you look a little watery. Uh, your hair will grow faster and be nicer. Your skin will be nicer and look younger because essentially what you're, you're injecting yourself with younger. That's what it's it is. the human elixir. Yeah, it just makes you younger yeah. because when you're young, you have a lot of growth hormone because your body's growing. It's doing a lot of stuff to grow to become what it needs to become. It, it's just, it, it is the hormone that your body uses when you're young to grow into an adult. Uh, it will... I mean, there's other hormones that do other parts, but the basic part is that it causes your skin to get better, healthier, nicer. It causes your hair to grow. Like, so is everything, it, everything grow. like everything's growing like as you're working out in terms of like... Working out has nothing to do with HGH. Uh, it'll keep you leaner too. Like you'll, 
part of HGH, part of the chain, uh, the chemical chain is, um, it's like 191 or something. I can't, I can't remember the exact. But um, part of it is just a fat reduction. It keeps you leaner. Hence why younger people tend to be leaner than older people. It helps you push off fat. Mm-hmm. So you can eat more and maintain a leaner frame or a leaner body mass, which is probably why most guys that use it use it. Well, you look younger and nicer, which is great. And then you feel good. Your injuries kind of recover better. You feel a little more tanky. You don't get hurt so much. Uh, it's just nice. Now, okay, if you want to be a professional bodybuilder, and I've heard some crazy stories, again, it doesn't, it doesn't really build muscle at all. It's not useful for that. Um, it it won't really make you bigger. It doesn't make your organs grow either. It doesn't do any of that. It just makes you younger, healthier. You repair better. You feel better, and, and that all results. You sleep much better. So it's like it's uh, it's a more expensive and and less side effect uh, compared to Deca. Uh, they do different things though. But yeah. Uh, but DECA will make you big, whereas this won't do anything. Okay. Um, but it doesn't really work that great by itself. It works best with testosterone. Women actually do quite well on HGH by itself. But for men, like by itself, you'd be like, oh, fuck, I spent all this money and I didn't really get any results. Yeah, because HGH is not cheap. Not cheap, no. Way, like, a test is fairly cheap. I mean, Just super cheap. I mean, yeah. the, the reality is you can get a bottle of tests that'll last you a month or whatever for, like, 30 U.S. dollars. Right. It's cheap. But HGH, you're talking 500 bucks a month, probably. Oh, uh, yeah, probably in that yeah, range. Yeah, no, I, I, I've done them. I went through it. Yeah. I'm like, okay, interesting. Yeah. You know what? There's, there's super expensive stuff. We can get into the quality conversation. Okay. Yeah. Like a Lily pen, which is produced in Japan. Thousand dollars a pen. There's only thirty two IU's in it. What? And here's the, some of the crazy bodybuilding stories, right? So, like, there's bodybuilders that are using thirty IU's of GH a day. GH makes you tired, makes you sleepy. So, like, you know, these guys are shooting all this HGH, right? And if they're using the expensive stuff, which they're not, they're like just blowing through money. And they're sleepy. So, like, you see them. <laughs> like, it's the middle of the day, dude. Like, what are you doing? Get your life together. But it's like a professional bodybuilder. Uh, you know, it's, which it's, it's weird. And, okay, if you take 30 IUs a day, a normal dosage for a good quality HGH would be like two IUs, three IUs. Per day. Per day. And HGH, the protocol you should be taking every day. Every day or every other. You inject in your belly fat, right? Uh, Any fat. Uh, Belly fat is in general. A lot of people do here. Yeah. You can do on the side, actually. Is there there any myth of a site injection? Like, for example, I have some friends that they'll do (coughs) TRT or specifically, let's say, test, and they're like, well. Super bro science-y. Yeah, they're like, I put in my shoulders because I think I'll get bigger here. Basically, I just jam it in my ass. Yeah. Everybody said, well... You should do it where it doesn't hurt. Which is the ass. I mean, if it doesn't hurt, then it yeah, it doesn't yeah. hurt. Um, it does by the end, by week 12, because your ass gets so fucking yeah. like a rock. Well, you should bounce around, like, different spots. Yeah, no, I, I do. Yeah. It's just your, 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 the muscle, it starts to get, like, feels like a rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, just your like, stress in your muscle. Yeah. Like, it's not so good. And also the quality is probably, you know, if you're getting lumps, you probably got heavy metals in your shit. Mm. It's 
causing your, your body to get super stressed out and not like it. Um, that's not good. That's a sign of you, you're using shitty bunk gear. If you're using good stuff, it should go in smoothly and not have any problems, and there shouldn't be any blums. Well, it's it's the getting the needle in. Uh, that's where it's because it's like it's like almost putting too. putting it into a rock. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like if you're hitting a hard spot because you've made your body like sore and it has sores. Well, one, what fucking needle are you using? Are you using like a sword? Like back in the day, guys used to they'd have like spears. Like oh. No, 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 no. What are you doing? It's like, uh, well, I, I don't want to use that. Size. It's not, I can't do the thick, thick ones. It's, yeah. Some guys do it though. I don't understand. Like, what's going on? And, uh, you don't really need to, especially for like low dose stuff. You can just use like an insulin needle. It's fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. It takes a little more time, but so what? It doesn't hurt at all. Yeah. And then where you do it too, like some muscles are more sensitive, like your medial delt yeah, moves a lot. So it's a, and it gets a lot of work too. So it's already a little stressed out. So guys will inject their medial delt, and then they'll get a lump, and they're like, "Oh fuck, injecting delts suck." Okay, well you didn't really do it right, so that's your fault. Whereas your rear delt like doesn't really do fuck all most of the time. It's just kind of there to hang out, mm-hmm. and it's like lump like fatter, and thicker, and not stressed out. So you can do it there and have no pain and no bump at all, as long as you're using good gear. Uh, and then you're fine. So let, let's talk about that that part then. In terms of good gear, what's the difference in quality? Um, the stuff usually I, I've seen the shittier stuff. It's coming from India compared to maybe hey, Germany. India is Germany. a good, is a good, you know, the shittiest stuff comes from some dude's kitchen sink. So if you're, let's say, if you're getting into just simple testy, yeah. uh, what types of brands should be, you be looking at? Like you see the stuff in Thailand, some of the better stuff. Uh, it's definitely not uh, Black Dragon, I believe <laughs> I've seen. It looks terrible. That's yeah, not um, a good sign. Uh, some of the stuff usually comes from Europe, like Sweden and whatnot. Um, where, wh- what are you looking for? Like when when you should be getting something like Testy, and and what is that price point like on a two hundred uh, mmol bo- ml bottle compared to the good stuff and the shitty stuff? Sure, uh, actually the prices there's not a huge jump because the guys selling you shitty stuff are just comment trying to make money. So like, oh okay, if somebody's trying to sell you a bottle of Test for twenty five dollars, hmm, it's too cheap. Doesn't make sense. If they're trying to sell you for ninety dollars. Which dudes do. They try to sell it for that much. They're just trying to rip you off. So, like, that's not really a good judge of what it is. Uh, brand name is good. You know, like, if it's a bigger brand name, which they do exist. Like, there are big brands of steroids. Are, are you able to share the names? Or? Uh, I mean, I can, but, like, I, I, there's a lot, so. Oh, okay. I, I was, because you still, you'll see the brands. I've seen them around, and, and it seems like it's, it's not illegal for them to, yeah. it sort of is. <laughs> Thailand kind of looks. The, Thailand looks the other way, right? I yeah. Well, I'm mean, like, yeah. Anyways, we'll, you we'll know, I don't want to say. Like, I know them, but like, I don't really want to say. Like, we'll, we'll keep that off camera. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I got you. Um, so when when you are looking, is it coming? Like, uh, I, don't, I don't even know how to. I ask think that. Okay, I, I, like you get the one. point. Of the, I don't know how to ask that question without because we're not going to cross any lines where anyone's we have any issues. Yeah. No. It's just not worth it. No. Uh, like, number one, can you get it from a doctor? If you can get it from a doctor, it'll be good. 
So that's the highest quality. Is that possible in Thailand? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, would you need a prescription or is there... We're in Thailand. Gotcha. <laughs> Number two is like whoever you get it from, you should trust. You shouldn't just get uh, some dickhead. Oh, I met this guy at the gym. Uh, he was kind of big and I asked him and, uh, you know, he got me some shit. Okay. Well, that sounds dumb. <laughs> or not a good idea. You know, trust the person or wherever you buy it from. Maybe if you go to a store, whatever, there are some like brands that you will see more commonly. And if you just search it on the internet, you see these brands come up more. They're probably more likely to be good. Although they could be fake. Exactly. Which is an issue. So like, you know, look at it. Does it look fake? Does it look shitty? If you inject it and it hurts, that's probably a sign that it's bullshit. Like I said, heavy metals are usually what causes uh, the pain. And then like maybe cheap oils. Well, there's a big difference between using like grapeseed oils and different oils. And uh, I've had some oils where I, I've tried it uh, on one of them and like, fuck, it took forever to get yeah. it out and forever to get it in. It was a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't just, it wasn't, now th that obviously depends on the size of the needle, but I was still using a thicker needle. Yeah. Just the oil was super heavy. You know, like if it's really dark, and like thick and gross, it's questionable. Mm. Some guy's making it in his There's bathtub. Some, some, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, and then maybe they print a label and put it on. There you go. You can buy the bottles anywhere. Right, Alibaba, done. And you can make the labels. And you can buy the raws, although they've changed the laws in China, so it's harder to get the raws now. But uh, you can buy it and print it and whatever. And then they do this thing where they put a code on it too. And you scratch off the code, and, but if you know how to make a website on a computer, like yeah, it's not that's different. not hard either. So yeah. it doesn't mean it's legit. Like you know, you see, you look at steroid websites they're all bullshit like you know <laughs> it's a black market business so right. <laughs> whatever i mean if it's not from bayer it's not real okay it's an underground lab and bear is the german company b or is it b-a-y-e-r bear pfizer okay. Oh, okay uh yeah these are major pharmaceutical companies they yeah. produce the majority of stuff but they don't produce everything like a lot of popular steroids are no longer produced so they're only made in underground labs um so you have to get what you can get. And that's a whole other podcast where yeah. someone's going to have to wear a mask. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, trust the person. Look at it. Does it look okay? That's probably it. If it feels bad when you shoot it, don't do it anymore. And for anyone looking for instructions on uh, maybe protocol and consultations, uh, how would they go about doing that in Thailand, or is that also underground? Uh, not really. Like, advice is not illegal. There's nothing illegal about giving advice. I'm happy to give advice. There's a lot of other guys that do give advice, too. No yeah. problem. It's not really what I do, but, yeah, you know. I think, number one, like, if you ask, like, a bodybuilder, and they seem smart and knowledgeable, and they're honest, they should be able to tell you. Yeah, so it sounds like rule number one, just if you're going to do it, whoever you're getting it from, if you trust them, then go with that. Yeah, that there should be a trust factor. Isn't that how, like, all drugs work, though? <laughs> I guess so. Well, you know? Depends how much you've had to drink. Mike. Yeah, yeah, I mean, for <laughs> sure. Like, oh. All right, well, we will end it on that note. Hans is tired. I can tell. Hans, do you have any questions about injecting steroids in your ass?
I got everything, thanks. You got everything? I got a lot. All right, so <laughs> me and Hans, we're going to go on a TRT. I'm just going to go on it full-time now, I've decided. Um, so that's the next. I, I, I've always wondered about that, especially like. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, the, it's the only road to go down now. Yeah. All right, so, um, yeah, get on steroids, guys. I condone it. And get in the gym and uh, let us know in the comments if you love steroids. All right. Um, before we wrap it up, I'll, this is your camera here, uh -huh. that one. Um, I'm just going kick to it, kick it back to Walter. Just let everyone know where they can find you, especially because we didn't talk too much about the coaching and consulting sure. and that stuff. But um, let them know where they can find you in terms of Instagram, YouTube, any sure. types of handles. And uh, we'll put that all in those links in the description. Yeah, uh, you can find me at Maximum Fitness in Patong if you want to see me in person and come train with me, which people from all over the world do that. It's a long trip, but okay. <laughs> uh, you can get me on Instagram at Walter.Viking, uh, or my, my coaching is WB Online Coaching. Yeah, those are the easiest ways. Yeah, definitely. Probably in, in Don't message me on Facebook. Don't message me. Uh, is, is, is Instagram easier or would... Uh, yeah, Instagram seems easier. You never know because Instagram gets annoying sometimes, or you just it all gets it's annoying. It's the spam <laughs> shit, right? Yeah, yeah. It all gets annoying. All right, well, that wraps up another episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe. Thanks a lot for watching, and we're out. Yeah.